This is Hans Scheil from the Finishing Well podcast. On Finishing Well, we help you make godly choices about Medicare, long-term care, and your money. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it. Share it. But most of all, thank you for listening and choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey. We are glad that you're with us this week. And I know that there's some of you out there that think that we don't have a plan for a topic. (laughs) That we just kind of come in here and wing it, although it'd be hard to do that with Eclipse. But we do actually try to prepare for these ahead of time. And, And last week we were sitting around after the show and saying, okay, we really don't have a topic for this next week. And a couple different topics came out and we said, oh, that covers us the next couple weeks. And the more we thought about it, it actually became one topic. Mm. But Andy, I want to go ahead and open it up to you. What was the idea you had for a topic that we kicked around about doing for this week? Yeah, so we, after we finished up talking about celebration, we were just talking about how God will give us something and we forget it. And we don't always journal well. We don't remember those things. And then, you know, we got to talking about, well, the positive things God does in our life, the deliverance uh, from or the just healing that he gives, or the restoration, or the time you just spent in close intimacy with him. You know, those things mean a lot. They mean a lot in a a human relationship. Why wouldn't they in our relationship with God? So as I got to thinking about it while we were talking, is like you think about the, the examples in the Old Testament. Whenever they crossed over the Jordan River, they made an altar, a monument. Whenever Joshua, you know, went to the tep- I think it was the Mount Ebal that he made a an altar or monument. Um, and then in the New Testament, um, well, even in the Old Testament, still they they spent forty years wandering around in the desert. Well, they had the Feast of Tabernacles to help them remember that where, where they came from. And obviously, in the New Testament, you've got communion. Jesus said, "Do this in remembrance of me." So I just thought it would be cool to you know because a lot of times we struggle with you know, remembering bad things. What about the positive things? God's constantly telling us to remember these things, you know, negative of sin or things that have affected us uh, negatively, but also the positive things, because that's what our new relationship in him is built on. Thank you, Andy. And Danny, you had an idea for a topic as well, if you want to go ahead and share that. Yeah, we were talking, I was thinking about, we talk about agreements a lot. And most of the time we say that in a negative way negative terms i guess and there's always there's also positive agreements and we kind of steered that toward what god says about you and making those agreements but replacing the old agreements with the new agreements and that was kind of the idea so yeah it's a great great idea on both sides and we thought about it we kind of walked away and said okay well that gives us the next couple weeks topic and as i i started processing it called these guys and, and talked to some of them about it and said, hey, you know, at the end of the day, we kind of come down to the same situation with both of these. What we choose to remember are the old agreements. 
the things that the enemy has told us that's true about us, right? And what we fail to hold on to and replace with is good agreements that Jesus gives us, right? And so, and, and that needs to be our new go-to memory instead of the, the old memories of what the enemy's been telling us all our life. And Darren, there is a, a scriptural uh, reference to this, right, in the New Testament. Well, yeah, a lot. I mean, Luke 11 is one that immediately came to mind to me when you called me and we started talking about it was, you know, Jesus talks about when you clean a house of evil, you clean evil spirits out of a house, you kick it out, um, that that evil spirit roams around for a while and says, well, you know what? I don't find any good place to live here. I'm going back to my house. And if you, you go look at Luke 11, that's what the spirit says. He thinks your house is his house. He thinks your heart is his house. And so he decides he's coming back. And if he comes back and he finds that heart empty, that place empty, um, he goes and finds seven friends that are even more evil than him and come back. And Jesus says, the the latter state is much worse for the man than the first state. And so the, the principle is when when Jesus comes and helps us break an agreement that we felt like was very real about ourselves, and you said, you know, we remember the old agreements, we remember the negative agreements, the, the lies about ourselves. And the reason those are so easy to hold on to is because they feel so true mm-hmm. for such a long time. They feel like they're a part of us. To the point where when Jesus comes and and usually gives us a truth in preparation to break that agreement, that truth feels like a lie. You know, it's an oxymoron. When when Jesus comes and says, you know, you're a fervent man of prayer, you're a righteous man, Um, it may feel like, no, that's not true of me, and I push that off, and accept something that's not true in its place. Yeah, sorry about that. It was cracking up a little bit there. But yeah, you do accept something that's not true in the place of what Jesus has told you. You know, And the thing about the enemy's lies, there's usually a little bit of truth to them. That's why you buy into it, but then a whole lot of lie behind it. right? And, and so I want to kind of start, we talk about this topic of agreements a lot, but I think it's sometimes, unless you've been around it it's hard to really understand what that means and and robbie do you want to play your clip first before you talk about the an agreement or do you want to talk about the agreement part first well it's pretty one and the same you know if you listen to the clip it's from the movie the grinch and you may have heard him he he, he's actually made an agreement here that it's better to be alone than be in a community (laughs) that you'll hear right off the bat but then he's going to start talking to himself and he's going to hear that he's an idiot you know and Lately, you know, I hedge trimmed my finger. You might be aware of that, of people that listened last week or know, know me a little bit. And, you know, as my wife was running me to the emergency room, you know, I kept saying it over and over. You're an idiot. You're an idiot, you know, because there was a lot riding on this little finger that I thought, you know, it was absolutely necessary in my life. And I just kept repeating it. But the thing I want you to hear as you listen to the clip is when you hear this, you're an idiot. Do you hear, I'm an idiot, or you're an idiot? And, of course, Grinch gets to hear it both ways. I tell you, Max, I don't know why I ever leave this place. I've got all the company I need right here. Hello! Hello! How are you? How are you? How are you? I asked you first. I asked you first. 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 
Oh, that's really mature, saying exactly what I can. I'm an idiot! You're an idiot! You're an idiot! All right, fine. I'm not talking to you anymore. In fact, I'm going to whisper so that by the time my voice reverberates off the walls and gets back to me, I won't be able to hear it. You're an idiot! You're an idiot! <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you've heard that, you know, when you've done some sort of stupid human trick, like I recently did and have certainly paid the price and and interestingly i've had a week for infection to set in and all sorts of other you know bad things that you know satan would really like me to buy into the fact that that i'm an idiot but it's fascinating to me that god has been working on me with different words every morning as i go to him and begin to pray and we worked on healing last week but as the infection had set in and really some things that got kind of scary the last couple of days this morning he sent me why don't you look up sick and, and see what the word sick means or what it looks like in hebrew and you know me that's that's how i look well fascinatingly very fascinatingly and i and this is really going to help me break this agreement that when you look at the word sick it's actually the same way you spell mankind um, yeah. So it, you, you might be aware that the first man's name was Adam, and that that has to do with the letters that make up that, which is an Aleph and a and a Dalid and a Mem. Well, if you take the Mem, which means Jesus, out of the word Adama, Adam, out of Adam, if you take the Jesus out, you get the word sick, which is Adash, which. A lot of times in the Bible, this is significant. A lot of times in the Bible, when they refer to mankind, they are saying adosh, which is the same word as sick. Well, of course we are. Well, of course we are. Right? You take Jesus out of the equation at any given moment in your life, and you're sick. And, and, and so the neat thing is, you just add water and stir. A mem is water, so by the way, living water. Yeah, living water. You just add living water and stir, and 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 it's really a beautiful thing that, like, oh my goodness, it has everything to do with health, but it also has to do with why I'm an idiot. (laughs) And so you can, you might remember Jesus said it this way: "Apart from me, you can do nothing." Right. And so it, it's really kind of a cool thing for me as I'm working through what God's teaching me on this whole I'm an idiot thing that, that I can really see that, oh, my goodness, yeah, with him, I'm, I am far from an idiot. I think you took the vine and branches part too literal. And you took off part, part of your finger. <laughs> I wanted to start with this particular agreement. Because as we went around the room before the, before the show, and there's 10 of us here tonight, or nine of us here tonight, every one of us said, this is something that we hear. When we make a mistake in one way or another, right, whether it's around other people, whether it's by ourselves, the enemy has a universal agreement he gets us to try to buy into, is that we're an idiot, right? That's what I hear when I make a financial mistake or I make a, a decision that isn't good. You know, that's the first thing that comes at me. And I'm sure that if you're out there listening, you know that feeling. And Robbie said it right. How many times, listen next time you hear it, are you hearing I'm an idiot or you're an idiot? And I'll promise you most of the time you're hearing you're an idiot. 
right? And so that's coming from outside of you. That's somebody influencing you, trying to get you to buy in. Now, do I think it was a good idea that Robbie didn't hold on to the thing with both hands? <laughs> no, that was there's a little bit of truth, right, in the statement. That's what makes it feel true. But it, it's the whole rest of it that comes after it that's not true. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I feel sorry for Robbie because I, I know he was he's very artistic, and he was you know probably sculpting the bushes with one hand and and you know feeling and and then running the clippers over them with the other and you know his his artistic nature just got in the way and and you know I, I hate it for him I do really um it you know when he sent us the text and said uh oh we were like Robbie, I mean, you know, because it's a constant thing. It seems it's not like. even hunting season yet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Robbie's the only guy we know that goes through his entire, uh, you know, health care deductible by the month of January um, every year. But yeah, when we, when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about this topic of agreements, but also moving past that into positive agreements and how God's come after our hearts and some of the old agreements we made and give us new agreements to hold on to. And then how do we plan on holding on to them? That's the key. So when the enemy comes up at you and says, you're an idiot, you're this, you're that, you can say, no, I'm what God told me I am. Go to masculinejourney.org now. Robbie Dillmore here. Your mattress getting a little thin on top? Well, check out the new mattress topper from MyPillow. I sleep hot and my wife sleeps cold, which makes its phase change material invaluable to us. It comes with a 10-year warranty. It's washable and dryable, and it's made in the USA, backed by Mike Lindell's 60-day warranty. And best news ever, go to MyPillow.com, save 30%, use promo code CARGUY, or call 800-943-7096. Remember that promo code CARGUY. Hi, I'm Carson Kuhn. I'm Darren Kuhn's grandson. On the Masculine Journey Radio, Mike's boot camp experience was like mine. One of the things that I realized this week was that I need to take time to listen to God. I felt like the Lord had spoken to me and he said, Mike, how are you going to listen if you're always busy? So this weekend, what I've done is I've taken some time just to go on walks and to be alone and to think. Join us young guys at the next boot camp coming November 12th to the 15th. MasculineJourneyRadio.org As the oldest guy on the Masculine Journey radio team, I love what this old guy said at the last boot camp. God is for all of us, no matter what age we are. You're never too old. It doesn't mean it's what's in your heart. As you know, as I do, as men who grow up, they never grow up. They're always boys. The age part, it's only in your mind. Join us old guys at the next boot camp. Register now at MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Coming November the 12th through the 15th. Thank you, Danny, for that uh, bump in. That's uh, Hillsong? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, why did you pick that bump? Well, the, uh, there, there's kind of a story behind it that our pastor preached a sermon where we used to go to church one time, being a friend of God. And I almost went with that because I spent years of my life in addiction. And you know, spent years in, in 12 step program. And, you know, one of the things that I came to say was, I'm Danny, and I'm an alcoholic. And there's a connotation behind that that is true. But if you ain't careful, you take on a persona. But when he started talking about being a friend, the revelation came to me that 
if I say I'm Robbie's friend, that's one thing. But when Robbie says Danny's my friend, so God is saying, I'm saying you're my friend. And that was kind of an agreement that was broken in my life that I was no longer, I was a friend of God, I was, and which is going further. I'm a son, I'm a child, I'm his son, and, and I struggle with that sometimes because just tradition, I guess. But the enemy wants you to live in that old agreement. Yes. He wants you to believe that's the truest thing about you, right? But then God comes in and says, no, there's, there's something much more true and there always has been about you. Right. And then, so how do you hold on to that every day? How, what type of monument do you have in your life that you say, okay, I'm going to live the, as this to be truth because the enemy's not going to give up. He's going to keep coming at you and trying to get you to buy into that old agreement. So what do you do to hold on to it? I have the song friend of God on my playlist. I play that frequently. It's kind of a monument to that kind of occasion and just little different stuff that I like mementos carry in your pocket or something like that. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me, pull your change out and you've got a coin or something in there and you go, Hey, I'm a friend of God. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's just those things that you hold personal. that God can remind you of what the truth really is. Now, I want to play another clip here pretty quick because the enemy will use truths at you. He'll come at you with truth, right? And he'll try to get you to buy into that's the deepest truth about you. And in this clip, it's a little creepy. It's from Lord of the Rings. But you have a character, and it's really the same person. If you have never seen the movie, it's a two, in the two towers. It's the same person. It's Gollum and Smeagol, right? And Gollum is the evil version of this person that lives out the evil persona, and Smeagol is the one that was innocent long ago that starts getting his heart back. But the enemy doesn't leave him there. And so the enemy comes at him with what he thinks is his own voice attacking him. So in this clip, if you were watching it visually, you'd see the same person arguing back and forth. But I want you to hear the interchange because what he tells him, everything that the enemy says in this clip, the majority of it has some truth to it. But that doesn't mean it's the deepest truth. And that's what you got to hold on to is the deepest truths in life. You don't have any friends. Nobody likes you. Not listening. Not listening. You're a liar and a thief. No. Murderer. I know that's a short clip, but in Smeagol's past, he committed something where he did murder somebody. And what the enemy's doing at all costs is trying to say, no, I see this person getting their heart back. He has... With him, you know, Frodo is treating him, his heart well and loving him well. And he's starting to have some life and he's seeing Christ through another person, right? And he's starting to get hope and the enemy doesn't leave him there. That's the thing about our enemy. He's relentless and he's not going to leave us there. He's going to keep reminding us of those old things, even though they have some truth to them, to try to suck us back in to that old way of thinking. Because you won't live out of, you live out of the way you believe that you are. Right? If I believe I'm this way, that's how I'm going to re- live. You know, and, and it's at that heart level that the enemy attacks. And so, uh, Andy, I want to ask you, what, what's an agreement that God's kind of come after you to break and replaced with a, a positive agreement? A pro- I mean, I'm going to touch on one, you know, that just has a little bit more history to it. As you guys heard me talk a lot about just – you know, the the feeling of having God as my father. A lot of people can talk about Heavenly Father and have Jesus a lot. 
you know, for a lot of their Christian experience. But a lot of people, I heard a testimony of a guy over the weekend that said, you know, we really don't see God as a, as that father. And, um, you know, I, I, I didn't really consciously understand it as much as then, but God is, you know, instead of being an orphan, which we feel like we have, there's some things in my past that made me feel that way. I really got in touch with God as my father. But that's a continuing on. That's some of the most deep, deep foundation stuff, and I've really just praised God that I came to that point. But it enables so much more than that. So I was telling the guys um, something a little bit more current was this weekend I went up to pray at the prayer march and the return. Um, probably have heard that. I think God did a tremendous amount in the heavenlies. His people were there praying. and But, you know, even though I felt God called me up there, I still felt like a little intimidated, and I stayed in contact with him when I was praying, but there was just this feeling of, you know what, you never have been known for a prayer warrior, you know, you've not, I pray a lot, but I mean, it's not like, a, I mean, these these people look like they're serious about this stuff and all, and it was like, you know, it was probably the enemy, I know it was the enemy, but you know, it was, God brought something to my heart that said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, I took some heat for taking saying that because it sounds a little uh, arrogant. But God, that, that is a scripture for the Bible about all of us, you know, about those who choose to be that way. And I was there, and I was willing. I was a willing vessel. And, you know, it's just something that he did currently that really meant a lot to me and really saw me through to, to fulfill my role to be up there praying. So let, let me get this. God called you to another state on a weekend that you probably had nothing else you could be doing. You went up there with no agenda other than just spend time with him and, and in prayer, and you're surprised that he called you that, right? I mean, out of all nine people that were here, you're the only one that yeah, went, yeah. right? And, and he thought he took heat because it was an arrogant statement. He didn't take heat because of that. He took heat because he didn't believe it. Yeah. We, you know, I mean, we were trying to say, look, dude, I mean, when God says you have fervently prayed as a righteous man you're only arguing with him if you don't believe it so and i love what both darren and you said about it earlier and i don't want the audience to miss it, it was that you know we're talking about monuments <clears throat> and and the word of god itself as he's stored up in your heart and we, he's able to to flip it into your mind at times like that is a phenomenal monument like you you know that that is true uh, you don't have to wonder i wonder if that's true no that's true okay it's just bone true and and the fact that that got flipped in your mind gave you something that obviously he he wanted in that relationship and i think it's just phenomenal so andy what are you going to do to hold on to that because you know the enemy's not going to leave it there we're going to say some nice things, and we're going to mean it, and we're going to try to get you to believe it, but at the end of the day, yeah. you have to hold on to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I wake up tomorrow, will I, first thing, uh, you know, will I choose to do other things or pray? And I'm, uh, this isn't anything religious. I have to do a certain thing. It's not performance-based, but it does encourage me that I am a man of prayer. Um, and we can all sit here and compare ourselves to everybody else all day. That does nobody any good, and that's not what God calls us to do. It, it inspires my heart to pray more, and I guess it's just going to keep that continuous focus. I mean, when I go to boot camp and it's time to pray for the fellas, am I going to listen to that or, or choose the word I got in Washington? 
Okay, so give me a monument. You're not giving me a monument. Well, it is. Uh, uh, the, the monu- <laughs> it's the Washington Monument, we'll call it. Okay, yeah. No, I mean, no, because I, I, I know the reason I'm giving <laughs> yes. you a hard time is I love you as my brother. Right. And the enemy's going to come try to steal it. You know, and, right. and it, it, write it down. Yeah, absolutely. You know, do, something, yeah. do something that the enemy, that you can at least look back and go, wait, I feel really bad today. I feel like I'm getting yeah. beat up. It's here. Well, that is how we started this and how we got on that topic. We were both talking about writing stuff down last week. So that's true. Journaling is important. And it says, make the vision plain. Write it down. I think it is in Proverbs. Yeah. Darren, what about you? Is there an agreement? Well, I mean, my monument will not compare to Andy's (laughs) because he has the Washington Monument. Exactly. Um, Well, I mean, the agreement, the the longstanding agreement that I struggle with with on a regular basis is – I don't get what I want. Other people get what they want, um, either by force or by blessing. Doesn't really matter to me how they get it, um, but that I don't get what I want. I have to settle for what's left, type of thing. Um, and I know that's not true. I mean, God has helped me break that agreement over time. Um, but I've still wrestled with it at other times. And so the monuments for me are literally, you know, I, I do keep a journal. Um, I have gone back to that journal over times and, and looked at the things that I prayed for um, that God gave me. Um, you know, I'm in, a, I'm in a gigantic monument right now. I'm, I'm building a house, scared to death, you know, to, to do this thing. Um, I'm happy to work on other people's houses, remodel their house, all that stuff, but taking on the, the whole thing of, of building my own house and, and doing all of that and all of the, the uh, land development and everything else that goes with it, it just seems overwhelming at times. And I'm getting closer and closer and closer to being finished with that. And so I think for quite some time in my life, every day when I wake up in that house, it will be, did you get what you wanted? Yes. Yes, I did. Um, thank you. And so I, you know, when I look at, um, you know, some of the relationships that I have, it's, did you get what you wanted? Yeah. Yeah, I believe I have. Um, and, and some of those things. So um, I don't have uh, pictures hanging on the wall right now or other things um, because I'm, everything I have is in storage. But when we get into the house, you know, there's a few things that I've got stowed away that that I will um, put on the wall and I'll hang a few things in my barn and, and stuff like that that will remind me of where God has brought me. Thank so. you. We talked about a universal agreement, but there is a, a universal truth that we all share that we're all new creations in Christ. All right, so as, as we get ready to wrap up this particular segment before we go to After Hours, what's something that they can hold on to as a new creation in Christ? All right, for me, I guess I would say you don't have to live today like you lived yesterday. Right, yesterday's come and gone. I am a new creation today, and I can't control the decisions I made yesterday. I can't even control the decisions made an hour ago. What I can control is that from this point forward. And know that there's always a fresh start. There's always a new start. And you're learning to be that new creation. You don't wake up with all the answers, right? You learn them along the way, and you're going to make mistakes. But hold on to the truth against that lie 
Yeah, I may do idiotic things sometimes, but at the end of the day, I'm a new creation in Christ, and that's the truest thing about me, and I just got to learn to walk in it. We'll see you next week. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll love you all the way. This is the Truth Network.